You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating FPL podcast. My name is Brandon and I am here with our friend Dave Wagner Lodal. Josh is out with an extension of his summer break. Actually, Josh had a family emergency that he's tending to. We wish him well. Jumping in last minute is Dave Wagner Lodal. Dave, you've been on the pod many times. A gr- better FPL pedigree than me, I will admit. Uh, for astute listeners of Always Cheating, they'll know you're the manager who's always behind me come game week 25, and you're always 50 points ahead of me by game week 38. Such was the case at the end of last season. Dave, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me, and of course, best wishes to Josh. Um, hope we'll talk soon. And then um, I, I thought you were just inviting me on because it's episode 400. It is episode 400. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's it's maybe one to celebrate a milestone. I don't know. I some, think so. so Although when you're 40, you stop celebrating birthdays. So maybe like 400s <laughs> and, and we don't celebrate this really. Might, you know, exactly. I feel like that's that it. that's like the baller move is to just uh, brush 400 uh, off your shoulder and move on. We'll see you at 500. 500 will uh, happen but, this season or is it next season? I don't remember how it works. But either way, you should maybe 500 should be a landmark something. Do something fun for that. De- definitely. And Dave, you're in the greater Boston area. I'm going to see you here in New York next weekend. Really looking forward to that. You're going to help us look at some some. You know, Josh and I were we're not afraid of stats. We were we respect stats, but do we have data models? Not of our own. Uh, but you you do pivot tables, Excel grids. You've done data analysis in in your past lives. So I want to talk to you more about uh, data analysis and how we can do that with always cheating when we hang out next weekend, Dave. For this episode, though, part of the theme is. We're four weeks out from August 11th, the start of the 23-24 Premier League season. How far out is too far out? Or should we really be knee-deep in FPL planning right now? I don't know if we know the answer to that. And that's really kind of dependent on what kind of fantasy manager you are, if what you enjoy is just immediately jumping in fees feet first into the fantasy game. What we have for this episode, though, is six unanswered questions for a month out from the start of the FPL season. How did we land on six, Dave? You tell me. Is it your lucky number? It, 406 is a big numerology episode connecting <laughs> the go. dots here. Um, Absolutely. I just thought of a good idea. Um, you know, maybe uh-huh. I can share, you know, save it for next week or, or for our good friends at Fantasy Football Hub. But we all knew mm-hmm. and enjoyed to some extent the uh the the launch stream didn't didn't we didn't we brandon we enjoyed that launch stream 
where, where we launched the it, game yes. and they streamed the player prices and we all enjoyed that, didn't we? So what if we did the launch? Hi, hi, highly engaged, yeah. What, what, what if Fantasy Football Hub, our good friends at Fantasy Football Hub, what mm-hmm. if we did a launch stream of the player projections? So like you're like ooh I think I think ooh. Holland's gonna project for uh, yeah. for eight points this week. It's like ooh no they got him they got him up at nine point five. You know like guess the totally. projection. It's yeah totally yeah. And then we we like bet the line a la mm-hmm. uh, a la Bill Simmons. I like that. This is the kind of thinking that we need in this episode, Dave. We're forward thinking. You also have your Tottenham Hotspur Tervis glass. You're not gonna get any condensation on your microphone while you record. I actually have a couple of Spurs questions right out of the gate. So I have been working on my Game Week 1 draft, and it's hard enough to work around Trent, Sala, and Holland. Then there's Harry Kane. Harry Kane, sidebar, all-time worst Hot Ones guest uh, I think it's fair to say. I, I, I will admit, I, I, sorry, I'm sorry, I just, but it's I love Hot Ones. I love Harry Kane. We, I, I love Hot Ones, too. And I love Harry Kane. I have no yeah. problem with Harry Kane. I'm in the top but it was 1% in the world of liking both of those things. And I, I didn't even bother watching the episode, Brandon. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Okay. So so tell me what you think is going to happen with Harry Kane. I mean, what I don't know what there is to know as uh, a Spurs yeah. supporter. I mean, what's, your, what's your gut feeling? I mean, I feel like this is like when people ask me if Tom Brady was leaving the Patriots. I'm like, well, kind of makes sense. But like it'll be weird until it does happen. So, you know, right. it's pr- I'm, I would I don't know what the betting odds right now. I'd say it's a good chance, good chance he's leaving. But it also, if he stays, um, wouldn't be shocked either. And I don't know maybe the I've have they reported if um, uh, the new manager have, and them have talked yet. I'm just trying to avoid pronouncing his name just for the record. Uh, uh, oh yeah, Pasta Coglu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, un- unclear. I mean, given that Harry Kane is on hot ones, I'm not sure he's in contact with anybody at uh, Tottenham Hotspur. And maybe his agent has turned around to Bayern Munich and said, Harry Kane has already received in 24 hours 2.3 million views. Oh, they're trying to up his Q score. On YouTube. <laughs> oh, his follower <laughs> yeah. count to drive up the contract. Oh, my gosh. It's All right, so so Spurs Spurs and Kane aside, Dave, what's your what's your kind of feeling right now a month out from the start of the Premier League season? Uh are you are you uh how many drafts have you been through? Do you have any like immediate man they got the pricing wrong here? I yeah. I'm, where are you at? It's a mentally? good good question. So uh, and this is where this is where always cheating. This is where you never count out always cheating because you think oh, another <laughs> year. Oh, it's the same old same old complaints. You know, oh the prices. Oh the oh this and that. And I start tinkering. I'm like, oh FPL's back. I'm gonna start tinkering. Then I then I then I tune into old Brandon and Josh. And what do they say? Yeah. Watch out! Don't tinker too much. You don't want to over tinker. <laughs> Because you you do not want to you do not want to be in that headspace in a couple of weeks. So I took your advice, Brandon. I, I still read the Dave, content. Okay, I, but I if did I not told you to jump off a bridge, though, I mean you gotta you've got to be an independent uh, independent mind. Well, wait wait till I come out with some ideas for our community, and we'll see how far <laughs> we can take it. Okay, so you walked up to that sort of like game week one tinker ledge, and you looked down, and you said that's a that's a long drop off. Yeah. I'm kind of. I'm kind of so in where a similar are you? Because you said, yeah, yeah, you said, mm-hmm. I'm not tinkering yet. So you, it's been a week or two since you said that. So where's where's your tinker <laughs> levels? It's still low, low on the tinker scale. Be, uh, but uh, you know, I was f- watching a, a bit torrent of Manchester United, uh, 
who were they were playing Leeds in their first preseason match where Mason Mount made his debut. You know, my interest level is high in terms of looking at what these players are doing, who's playing, who's traveling, and, and the transfers, and so, and so on. And we're about to run through a quick laundry list of all the transfer news that we missed since last week. Um, but when it comes, I, I guess then there are all these gaps in knowledge that I'm waiting to be filled in or before I feel confident going to the FPL site. Whenever I go to do my tinker, there are players that I can't get past, namely Trent, Alexander, Arnold, Sala, and Holland. And then to flesh out a team from there with little money, uh, I, I, start to, I start to lose steam because then I'm like, I actually want more context. I want a, a few more data points. Preseason data points, you know, you can't really trust them too much, but uh, at least it's something. So I'm waiting for a little bit more. I mean, uh, I'm going to go see Newcastle Brighton at Red Bull Arena in New Jersey in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm, that just sounds like straight up fun. I'm not going to go there with my legal pad and the pencil behind my ear looking for data points. But um, I, I, I want to see uh, players bet in. Uh, Sabazlai, the number eight, at new number eight at Liverpool, he's already in training there. Suddenly, this is really causing me to reinterpret what I'm thinking I'm going to expect from certain players at Liverpool. Darwin Nunez unveils that he has the number nine shirt. What does that mean, Dave? He's got the number nine. What does that mean for Cody Gagpo? Can't be good. Can't be good. All signs <laughs> pointing down. <laughs> believe but, the but jersey. I don't believe in that. Much, when much someone like tells you, you who they are, believe them, Brandon. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially when it's Darwin Nunez. He's like, you see the, that barn door over there? I bet you I bet you I could hit it with this football. Uh, so um, that that's sort of where the consumption of information begins and the tinkering sort of like falls a little bit short. So, I mean, we've got some interesting questions to tackle here as uh, just more strategic questions about how do we start to formulate strategy outside of just a game week one draft? Like what are our initial goals beyond specific player picks for game week one? How do we approach those early drafts with those strategies in mind? We want to talk a little bit about early for team formation strategy. I want to get in a little bit into uh, team talk. Like who do we think is going to do well this season, just based on certain moves that are happening is Liverpool going to be back in the title hunt after missing out on the top four? What's Arsenal going to be doing with the likes of Declan Rice, et cetera? So we've got plenty to talk about um, as, as, we, as we are a month out from the game. Recent transfer news, Dave. Some big moves actually happening this week and a lot with uh, FPL context. Onana, the Inter Milan goalkeeper, we finally got the here we go from Fab Romano. Uh, Onana moving to Manchester United. Of course, we knew David De Gea uh, announced he was not coming back. So we knew this, this transfer was happening. What do you think about Onana uh, in goal for Manchester United as a worthy FPL replacement for somebody like Luke Shaw? Is, is defensive cover something you feel is on the table? Uh, for Manchester United this season? Right. Yeah, possibly. And and they can definitely sing that Rihanna song for Onana, right? Onana. Oh, nah, nah. <laughs> What's the one? 100%. I'm sure. Great baked-in song for the supporters, so congrats on that. Yeah, well, I saw Shaw was in the early template, if you will, Brandon. So, 
And then you start, yes. to get, start to get out of fashion. This is why I put down the pen. Like you said, I was first week I was like, oh, Shaw's hot. And then I'm like, put down, and then, you know, I got to put down the pen here because what, what are we doing? Yeah, the, the market is really volatile right now. So it's, it's like maybe it's not the time to buy uh, because the, the stock prices are wildly fluctuating. Yeah, but, but the United on, on the whole, United's, a, United's uh-huh. a bit of a wait and see with with a little bit of that. And I think they're they're a very interesting preseason team, um, yeah. to say the least. So, um, but sure. I don't know. Did, was De Gea that terrible for the defense? I guess he was. He was pretty bad. But well, sure. the The problem with De Gea ultimately was for the attack because they couldn't Manchester United could not start a single attack from De Gea because he's horrible with the ball at his feet. So the expectation is that Onana brings a great shot-stopping prowess with, with uh, being able to play with the ball at his feet. Ultimately, it's just all signs of that squad improving, uh, and, and that's good. I think that, that that's a rising tide lifting all Manchester United assets. Uh, I think probably the biggest conversation for FPL this past week was Pau Torres, uh, left-footed center back moving from Villarreal to Aston Villa, and he's priced at 4.5. And why is everyone excited about Pau Torres? Well, he's 26 years old. He's in the prime of his career, and he's also played under Unai Emery, the Villa manager at uh, Villarreal, won the Europa League with Emery there. So you think this is a top target. Emery's going to be looking to play Pau a lot in the center back position. The question marks, though, remain at who misses out. Is it Kansa? Is it Mings? Does uh, Emery want to play three at the back? Nonetheless, this is a, a similar to what I'm thinking about Onana, Dave, is this just seems like a signing that improves the defense full stop. So it just improves the value of any defensive asset on Aston Villa. But at 4.5, uh, we we would assume at this point, but again, there's there's uh, so much to learn about Villa in the preseason that he's a starter. Uh, Villa uh, defense. What do you think, Dave? I like I like to usually rule of thumb in FPL for the for the newbies. It's good. It's nice to have like one def- cheap defender with a maroon shirt. So you know whether yeah. it be Villa or Hammers <laughs> or Burnley, it feels good to have yeah. that one four point five maroon shirt just kind of yeah. on the periphery of your squad. I, so. Um, yeah. I, I might have to look into that. Yeah, I like that shot. Two major moves for Arsenal. Declan Rice, that move finally. God, my, how, how, much, how long do we have to read about this? Yeah, it's like when they announced help. NBA trades like seven months later. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Declan Rice priced at 5.5. Probably not uh, uh, fantasy relevant. Jurian Timber coming from Ajax to Arsenal. He's not been put into the fantasy game yet, so we don't know what his price is going to be. Right-footed, center back, but could play at right back. Arsenal fans suggesting he could fill in for and rotate with Ben White. We don't know. He certainly could play in center back. William Saliba, who plays on the right side of Gabriel, forced to play a lot of minutes for Arsenal last season. Is this just high-caliber cover for the entire right side of the defense? We don't know, but Jurian Timber is uh, a class player and could mix up some of the rotation for Arsenal. Manor Solomon going to Spurs. All right, so here I'm Let's a Fulham supporter. You're, you're, you're a Spurs supporter. I, uh, you know, our, um, our friend FPL Rabbi alerted me as a Fulham fan, like, you've got quite a player on your hands when we got Solomon on loan last season, and he scored four goals, a lot of them really important goals, 
coming off of the bench, but only four starts for Fulham. Fitness was a huge issue for Solomon, but coming out of the season into the summer, he looks really fit. You must be pretty stoked about this signing. Yeah, of course. Spurs, um, great um, Jewish history uh, with players, so he should fit right in with the team, with the club. Um, like, obviously, really liked him as a player last year. Um, was was excited when we could get you from Fulham, keep him. So, so I, what, think, I think that's good. He plays down the left traditionally. Um, I think maybe he's. I have the, uh, some picture in my mind of him uh, streaking down the right at some point. Um, but who is he coming in for? I mean, Sun has that left side kind of locked down. Am I am I misremembering? Was there anybody else playing down the left to push Sun more central? Well, I so this is where my unplugging has will will make me sound like an All uninformed right, fan a bit. But I will say I will. Say, I mean, I, there is talk of like you know like changing the wing wing back system altogether under Pastica Glu. So okay. um, if that's it's so that's another preseason watch yep. a little bit of how that will evolve. Right. But and how James Madison will start pinging balls around um, yep. might change the entire you know how the team looks to maybe. Maybe yeah. Spurs of a few years ago. I'm so I'm a little high on Spurs. Well, but you got you got to believe. You got to believe. But you know, um, they're, they're a watch. And, and if they're you, a watch for sure. If you keep Kane as well, there is a lot of uh, attacking, uh, sort of rebuilding happening here, which is great. I mean, but you guys could be high flying uh, like entertainers, just leaking goals, but scoring lots of goals all the same. Uh, a couple of other quick transfer uh, points to mention here, Dave. Bart Verbruggen coming into Brighton at 4.5. Verbruggen is a threat to Jason Steele as the starting goalkeeper. If I had to put money down r- right now, Dave, I would say Steele keeps that starting spot to start the season. Uh, and then Deserby will, you know, be like, I'm watching you like a hawk. I mean, Steele can make the occasional mistake, but I do like that he does have a high degree of confidence playing out of the back. He's a decent shot stopper. Like there are, he's he's just a little um he's just still a little raw. So it will be a question of is is Verbruggen more of the finished article. Ashley Young moves to Everton from Aston Villa and I mean, Willian trying to sign a two-year contract at Fulham instead of just a one-year contract that was offered. And here's Ashley Young puttering over to Everton at 38 years old. My God. Like, this, this, this doesn't fill me with a lot of hope for isn't there, Everton isn't, to start the yeah. season. Isn't there, like, a meme, like, where it's just, like, they say, like, Ashley Young, and it's always parentheses, yes, that Ashley Young, <laughs> just, like, just a hammer. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, it's not not his son or, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, bless. I, the interesting thing about Everton is, uh, you know, they've, they've shed a lot of star players over the last few seasons, and bringing Ashley Young in, I'm sure it'll be a presence for good in the locker room and bring some experience. And I, I mean, there's no doubt he's probably not going to be in a starting position, but he'll be decent cover for, for whoever is there. Th- this a, fits, in fits right into Josh's narrative of like, Oh, there's some guy with a name like, Oh, I know that guy. It's like, yeah, maybe he'll be good on Everton. <laughs> like maybe Everton should pick him yeah, up. Right. It's that is <laughs> right. signing in real life. Uh, opposite of uh, names you've recognized, Romaine Favre uh, moves to Bournemouth in the midfield, not in the fantasy game yet. And to Heath Chong, who you'd know from his big hair 
uh, a Manchester United midfielder who would get very scarce minutes, has moved to Luton, and he's priced as a 5.0 midfielder. I don't know what this means for Chong, if he's if he's straight into that starting 11 for Luton. 5.0, definitely too expensive <laughs> by 0.5 to take a flyer on him. But, uh, you know, Luton, not people not expecting anything from Luton to start the season. In other news, speaking of Luton, Dave, we have our first postponement. We thought this was going to be a breath of fresh air this season. All fixtures were, would be played w- with normalcy, no COVID cancellations or postponements. Uh, hopefully no prominent passings of, of, of public figures. But here we are. Luton versus Burnley in Game Week 2 has just been postponed because Luton is still making some uh, changes to their stadium ahead of their uh, coming to the Premier League, and they're not ready yet. So good for them, Dave, for getting ahead of that news and saying, hey, listen, just let's just let's just go ahead and postpone this. Yeah, so there's only there's only been like a TikTok meme on that for like the past like eight months. So yeah. Who 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 would have who would have saw that coming? (laughs) So uh, yeah, and I think this is fantasy relevant for anybody who is eyeing up those four point oh defenders at Luton. And Burnley, you, I, and, and I think the, the beauty of the 4.0 defenders at these teams is you'll definitely have cover uh, for them on your bench. And the, you, I don't think this really impacts our strategy as we build our team for game week one. Uh, okay, so we, we kind of discussed our own current state of FPL tinkering and our, our engagement with the FPL news. Dave, let's get into our six unanswered questions ahead of the FPL season. But first, of course, we've got some lovely little housekeeping to do. Join the uh, official Always Cheating Listener League, the Always Cheating Super League. We've already got 13,000 managers up and running in the Super League. The code is A63. ECL. That's A63ECL, or just go to alwayscheating.com and the auto join link is on the league tab, or just hit the banner right at the top of the homepage. And uh, if you want to be more involved than just joining that big free uh, listener league, become a patron. If you like what you hear, you want to say thanks, and in return, get some more FPL content, go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating, and what you'll get. Uh, at the tier of your choosing is going to be more strategy talk and tons of extra mini leagues, uh, which we organize through our Discord server. Josh and I are on the Discord all the time, uh, helping you with your team reviews. Uh, you guys can talk to us directly or engage with uh, hundreds of other always cheating supporters there. And we get an ec- give you an extra podcast every week, ad-free, that comes out every Thursday night. Uh, once we get Josh back on the saddle, we'll start those Patreon pods um, in a couple of weeks. Um, and an email to all of our existing Patreon supporters went out last week with the league codes. Uh, if you need any more information, do let us know. We'll have more info coming to you soon about various prizes. And at the top tier, uh, producer tier and the Volkswagen tier, uh, we're toying around with doing something other than a T-shirt this year, which could actually be even more excellent. I'm looking at your Tervis glass right now, Dave, and thinking, "Wow, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be something?" Big thank you to our newest Patreon supporters: Christopher Bauman, Mike Durrett, Brian MM uh, at the Volkswagen level, Carl G. Julio Pena is our newest producer. Big thanks to Julio, Darren Franks, Nico Papagiani, Benedict, Sam. Arford Alsop and Ben Davis. 
And just a moment for Fantasy Football Hub. Dave, you mentioned that they are our great friends, and this season on Always Cheating, we are uh, in partnership with Fantasy Football Hub. I'm a huge fan of their site. We're going to talk a bit about fixtures in a moment. Their fixture ticker is second to none. If you just want a top-down view of what fixtures are coming up from every team's and how to rate their difficulty, uh, and uh, you uh, get your team rated by AI. Dave, you've, you've seen the rise of AI recently. Fantasy Football Hub has their own AI that can rate your team. You can get non-AI expert team reveals every week are happening on Fantasy Football Hub. Ben Krellen, of course, uh, a, cel- a celebrity among the FPL community. He does his um, fixture prediction uh, grid, and he and the likes of Ben Krellen are revealing their teams there on Fantasy Football Hub week to week. And they uh, have tons of data, real Opta data, real stats, always a great tiebreaker. Dave, do you follow uh, Opta on Twitter? What do you think about Opta? As a, uh, Opta, as Opta a, is a great follow. I mean, they're a little bit, yeah. I, they have a few few accounts, um, but I, I mean, a lot of people say AI. You know, they might might start to nuclear bomb us, but this AI, this will help you <laughs> nuke your mini league. Am I right? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Speaking of nuking your mini league, here's the big offer from Fantasy Football Hub. Win your mini league this season or Fantasy Football Hub is going to give you your uh, subscription money back. Terms and conditions do apply, but I love the confidence from the hub here. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the hub. I'm a big fan of You know, actually, my favorite part of the hub, which is even in this... um, list of features it's another it's the um it's the team reveals and not because it's i'm a cheeky person just copying someone's team but they do an excellent job in those team reveals of talking about their process and why they're doing certain things so i think those are a fantastic read and also also another thing you didn't even mention those chris tan's uh um captain article that's a big josh and i Mm -hmm. are huge fans of that article so i've been a hub user for a few years. If you haven't tried it, definitely uh, give it a shot this year. Yeah, and uh, give it a shot at 50% off. Become a member at any tier today at fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always. Go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always, and there is where you can get the 50% off code for membership this year. All right, Dave, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about our six unanswered questions ahead of the new FPL season. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Dave, welcome back. Where do we begin? Well, let's begin with question number one. Again, we have six unanswered questions we want to talk about with one month to go before the game week one deadline. And that really is the first question. Where do we even begin at this point? A couple of great questions on the Always Cheating Discord. Dang asks, what key principles do you apply to your game week one team? so as to help you ensure a good start. Last year, I was not able to recover from a bad start. And Amar B, uh, with, I think, a a really comprehensive question, too, here about where we begin, with still four weeks left to go before the season starts, where do we put our focus right now? Drafts are likely to change between now and when the game week one deadline occurs, and the early preseason fixtures have a lot of rotations and academy players So what do we do during the next one to two weeks to help prepare for game week one? So this is a big, this is a big sort of idea, Dave, in terms of what do we focus on when there is, in some respects, so much to focus on? Like, what are the transfer rumors? How are all these uh, new guys in these teams going to change things versus, honestly, we don't know anything. Uh, so what do you where what do you think is the best way to start thinking about game week one four weeks out? I think um, what you said sort of earlier, especially, you know, watching preseason matches on weird torrent sites, I think is probably sounds like psycho behavior. But I think it's I think it's the, the best path um, because I think the eye test helps a lot with the preseason. Although, I mean, there's enough 
folks out there watching it and writing about it will probably get a lot of good information. So if you just stay tuned, even if you can't watch it, I'm sure you'll get a lot of information. But I think I, I don't know, but Brandon, I feel like this preseason is a lot more interesting than even years past. Do you, don't you feel like there's just a lot of moving parts in the top top six, really, that we need to pay close attention? to? I do. I do agree because there are teams that are high caliber. You know, we talked a little bit about Spurs and then there's Liverpool where, you know, are they sleeping giants coming into this season because they were off their game last season, missed out on um, uh, the top four and new transfers coming in just can wildly change the fantasy view on teams like Liverpool and Spurs. And those are our huge expenses on our fantasy budgets. Eye tests can go for how does the player look on the pitch? I'm also interested on the eye test in how shredded do play, particular players look in. Uh, oh, so if be, you go to the like, shape of his life narrative. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm all about it. I mean, if you go to Liverpool's Instagram, Salah shredded, Trent shredded. I mean, Jordan Henderson looks like he might be going to Saudi Arabia. Boo to him. Uh, he also looks shredded. Um, Wait, is it, I mean, this, maybe, is, this is a straw man <laughs> argument. Has Salah ever not looked shredded? Has, has, has Salah pulled sure. in like a James Harden season? I don't remember that. He's always, <laughs> he's always been shredded. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that Calvin Phillips showing up uh, to city camp and Pep said he's he, he's too fat. And I mean, Weston course, McKinney uh, showing up shredded. Now, that's a story. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, but we we don't want to get too far down down there with body body talk because you know uh, you know I'm a big fan of John Daly, the golfer, the grip it and rip it. You know, sometimes your physique doesn't really match your uh, your prowess on the on the court. That's but, true. We were um, we were trying to we were trying to get to burly tennis players today. I don't think we we got there with that that discussion yeah. either. But no, I mean it it is good to see how players are 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 looking, especially the the new folks. I mean that's where I really. I mean, some and has that have have I had a hundred percent success rate with that? No, but still, like, yeah. it. I mean, it does help. Mm-hmm. We all remember watching Sala and being like, "Yep, yep, this is this is going to work," and and even um, Holland to yeah. some extent. So, I think that's good. But I, I think, guess, I, yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, just just to jump in, Dave, the the preseason is often debated in terms of like how valuable is the preseason because, as Amar notes, you get academy players in these lineups and. You know, Mason Mount gets his first start for Manchester United last week, but he was not playing with a single person, uh, at least in the front of that lineup, who he'd probably be lining up with in, in the Premier League. So what do you actually learn? It, but you, I think you learn more from that than you do going on. Well, OK, I want to be careful how I say this. Uh, just this idle talk about. Such and such a defender is priced at 4.5. Therefore, he fashions into your fantasy team in this good way. Uh, to uh, at, So far out from game week one, a lot of the conversations are strictly based on what is a player's price in the fantasy game. When I think what's more interesting is to build up a certain base of enthusiasm for certain players, then come back to the fantasy game and say, okay, so this player's priced here. Uh, There is a ripple effect to the player who plays to the left of them or to the right of them or in front of them, and they're priced this way. um, Just having that real-world input 
helps uh, actually give context to the FPL prices. That is really all uh, a lot of people engaging with the fantasy game have at their fingertips right now. On the contrary, there are a lot of great discussions happening on discussion boards like, like Reddit. I love Twitter, of course, super engaged with the fantasy community. I was cheating Discord where there are fans of these clubs. When the first question I asked you, Dave, was you're a Spurs supporter. What's going on with Harry Kane? What I love about uh, going online at this point of the season is there are tried and true Luton fans and Burnley fans out there that will give you better insight into the players and the managers coming up from the championship than you'd ever get from just trying to say, uh, okay, this this player might start for Luton at 4.0, but what what am I going to expect from them really on the pitch from a fantasy point of view? So um, I, I guess the the overall lesson here, Dave, is what we can do for the next two weeks is just be open to all inputs and put an emphasis on fan knowledge and what we're seeing these players do in training and on the pitch as opposed to just trying to puzzle together a fantasy budget right absolutely yeah i i love that approach and it's it it sets you up for the whole season you know thinking through uh you know just getting to know the players and that's what we're all talking about it's fancy but it's it's football in the end we gotta we gotta watch the players learn the vibes of the team the x vibes you know i think that's where we're Mm -hmm. at i think i like that's all good stuff to me we're yeah we're we're in vibes preseason. i love that all right question number two ahead of the FPL season. How are we, with that just said, approaching early drafts? And uh, what I want to talk about here, Dave, in question two, is less what our early drafts look like and more this idea of the fantasy template. And some, some listeners will be shocked to learn that with four weeks to go and uh, just a handful of data points that people are already settling on game week one drafts. That's crazy in and of itself. What's crazier is there's already a conversation going that all these game week one drafts right now are template. And my mission this season, whether it's preseason or as we go through the season, is I want to eradicate template talk from the FPL discourse because um, I just don't I don't think it's I don't think it's particularly useful I understand the impulse is I want to be different. I want to do it my own way. What I do think that that masks is a lot of people out there feel like a a template uh, robs them of some opportunity to be the only right one out there. And I would suggest like a template actually benefits people who really want to be the outlier, who want to be right and get one over on their friends. If there's a template, great. That's a perfect opportunity for you to do something different. I mean, do you get, does your hair stand on end when people start talking about templates or, uh, or are you one of the people who uh, looks down their nose at people who have high owned players? No, quite, quite, quite the opposite. I, I actually just remembered it flashed into my head when you asked this question when that I was on a pod either last year or year before preseason I said a good way to start any draft is to just open up the app and sort by total percent selected top to bottom and just start there and it's there's absolutely and I think you'd be kind of silly not to to some respect if you're 
sort of just looking for like a first draft or um, because there's knowledge in the market. This is a market there. You know, the selection, the percent selected is in some yeah. ways the quote unquote price or the how many people agree with that price being of good value. So you're just using information from the market to start your team. And I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I think it's the word template because it the connotation is it's copy paste, right? Mm-hmm. That it's there's a structure and it's copy paste. Yeah. So there you're the connotation is you're not putting no you're not putting any thought into it. And right. I love our old school FPL friends and you know, Nick Trigger Lips and all these old school people who, you know, are a little bit, you know, get upset about the changing way the information is being shared today and how this information is making the market sharper. And that makes more pit players more popular who are good value. And that's just an efficient market. Mm -hmm. So I would say, and this is something we can take from NFL fantasy in the U.S., we don't say, and it's obviously it's a draft game, completely different, but there are games similar to this where instead of using the name template, we use the name chalk. And that name, mm-hmm. I believe, comes from like the derivations like horse racing, where they put a, a name up on a chalkboard and the name would become so standard, you know, you, you erase it, but the, the, the lines are still there after you erase it. It just means someone's chalk, it means it's selected a lot. And when you're selected a lot, it means you're probably good. So mm-hmm. that's where we say it's like, oh, he's chalky. Um, that's necessarily a bad thing. It just means, yeah, a lot of people are on them. So it's, and like you said, there's a double-edged sword to that. Um, number one, if people think, oh, like I don't need to use the selection percent or to, or I don't know who's template, well, that's going to hurt you because you don't know all the good values. On the other hand, like right. you're saying, if you're galaxy braining, like, oh, I don't want everyone, I need players below X percent. I have too many players above X percent. Then you're also probably too much in your own head and just picking stuff for arbitrary reasons. So again, I think this is just more information and we just have to be thoughtful about how we use it, um, I guess would be my intro to that. Does that make sense? Uh, Dave, you just made the most sense uh, that anybody has made on Always Cheating in, in at least a few months. I will tell you that much. I thought that, that that's a good response to the the uh, the, <clears throat> the conversation around template. So let's kind of leave it at that. Uh, thinking more about early drafts, uh, Brian wanted to know, are triple ups too many eggs in one basket? So... In the preseason, you can have that gut feeling about a particular team, and you just say, I really feel like Arsenal uh, could get one over on a hungover Manchester City this season, and I, I need to be tripled up on them. I think their prices uh, are, are good value. How do you feel about triple-ups this early in the season? Because like generally, I... You, like a, a, a words of wisdom from always cheating would be the FPL season doesn't actually begin in game week one, but it begins in game week two because there is going to be an explosion of information and fantasy understanding after game week one comes to a conclusion. And we're all going to be scrambling to sort of recalibrate our fantasy teams that much you can expect. There's always going to be at least one player, likely three or four players who explode onto our fantasy radars after game week one is played. 
Uh, and to have a, an amount of a degree of flexibility coming out of game week one is really good. So if you're tripled up on a particular team, did you get the right three going into game week one is an immediate concern that I have. Uh, do you do you see any teams coming into the the start of the season where you think, yeah, triple up feels like a good idea? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the question is general. Are triple ups too many eggs in one basket? The answer is absolutely not, especially if they're from a team in top four contention, because it's one of the sort of tried and true rules of FPL is, you know, go for the known assets. So if you can get a, I mean, if you can afford a Man City triple up, uh, you know, (laughs) go for it. Um, It's going to be cost prohibitive once you get along the edges. But another another way this goes nicely with the quote unquote template We'll, we'll just change that to chalk. I don't know. I'll just throw that out there. But, if, you know, if you're Do picking it. chalky players, you know you know, you know yeah. what that means because I explained to you earlier. But if you're picking chalky players, <laughs> you're like, oh, Sokka is 52% owned. Oh, he's chalky. And um, let's hear another, uh, Martinelli, you know, he's 14%. Oh, Odegaard's 20%. That's a better example. So, oh, these guys are chalky. But what percent of teams have both Sokka and Odegaard, yeah. you know, and then a defender, of course, probably low single digits. So, Another so you can go do your head in with being like, oh, these players have such high selection percent. Well, if you're tripling up, that's a way of sort of betting and getting an edge on one team and saying, like, I really feel my gut that Arsenal have a hot start. They have great fixtures, as we all know. And I think it's a great way to get leverage um, if you think a certain team's going to do well. I, I mean, absolutely. Of course, you know, if you're, you know, tripled up on a bottom team. That doesn't seem right, but you know, I don't. I think we're all smart enough to sort of see that landmine, so won't won't go <laughs> yeah, too give hard. Give our on listeners that, but, a little bit of credit here. Yeah, Dave. Is, what team are you thinking of tripling up on? Is it Arsenal? Is obviously the obvious answer, I think, for many people. I I think Arsenal offers the best value for tripling up. The team that I am right now feeling most bullish about is Liverpool. I just can't believe that this team is going to be held out of the top four for more than one season. You know, they, you know, since Liverpool won the title and won the Champions League, there's been a, a good amount of turnover in that squad, and you see big midfielder presences like Fabinho and Jordan Henderson moving out. But I think this could be a season where we see uh, Jurgen Klopp uh, finds what he was looking for all of last season and that they easily... Uh, trot into the top four do they challenge for the title um who knows but i i think if it's in in Salah being perhaps cost prohibitive at 12.5 i think it's an interesting opportunity to to get Gakpo and diaz or darwin and Sabozlide, depending on who is a regular starter in that attack alongside a Liverpool defender, and that's a way to offset the fact that you're going without solid. Now, that's now that is risky. Other st- now that is no, so a, that's interesting, but very risky. Yeah. So that's I mean, look, if like you said, if you had a good gut feeling that that was the case, that's going to happen. Like yeah. psh, you're you're going to be like rocket ship. <laughs> but that is yeah. that would be a risky way, Brandon. But I, I like the idea. It's interesting to think about um, in the future. I suppose it, especially too, it's certainly they, more theoretical, right, Dave, yeah. than in, in practice. And Salah is one of those, uh, you know, talismanic figures in fantasy where and he's 
he's in every draft that I've started to put together. So I'm not necessarily endorsing that specifically, but that is, I guess, <coughs> the maybe case after they I'm get making. through Chelsea away and Newcastle away in the first three, then you might right. sort of start to go right. go there. But but right. no, I mean triple up is good. I mean, you know, and, and all of us, I'm sure, with City are thinking, do I have one or three or? And there's no wrong answer to that, probably, to, yeah. for them as yeah. well. It's all about down to cost, like you said. Okay, so costs, and we're talking about premium players and Mo Salah there, can definitely impact what t- uh, team formation you end up with. So we're all, you know, chalk amongst all chalk is Erling Holland. He's at $14 million, most expensive player in the game. You, you bring in Holland, Trent, and Mo Salah, and immediately you're looking at a, a, a 3-5-2, probably uh, a 4-5-1. Uh, so team formation is going to be an interesting conversation as we head to the deadline. A couple of questions regarding more of a statement from Eric with a K. I'm loving three forwards set up with Holland, Kane, and Jesus. That's a lot of money up front. Dave, Elsia Stato, I'm going mostly template uh, at the start, but leaving $3 million in the bank to upgrade a bench player to a 7.5 mid or forward. Uh, I love that kind of conservative uh, team structure to start where you leave a little cash in the bank. So as you go into game week two, you can figure out, well, what did I get wrong? And never figuring out one or two things wrong, and you've got that cash in the bank. Is that, that sorry, in- we can pause there because this question is kind of, in depth i'm not exactly is a, I, I think some people were kind of thinking of starting with sterling you know the sterling uh-huh. discourse is already <laughs> is yeah. already starting come and, like come and gone <laughs> yeah well, yeah that too i was gonna say but you know they start with liverpool so they're not a good game week one so i was yeah. like is he thinking of like benching sterling or buying sterling week two but well, i guess the idea here is like he says maybe is this a more broad question of how much is too much to leave in the bench or leave in the bank yeah. rather as insurance, yeah. if you will, um, pardon the pun. Well, and, or, and, and, and related to the formation question, I think Stato's getting at the idea where he can start with a three, five, two and with money in the bank. My issue always with a three, five, two or just two or one starting forwards is you're you're always painting yourself into a corner. If you have that 4.5 forward who doesn't play, that's such a valuable position because forwards, typically the farthest forward player in the match, most likely to be at the end of a goal-scoring opportunity. Lots of fantasy points are available from forwards. And to be able to chop and change in that, uh, that uh, Solanke-esque position can be really valuable as you try to go with the flow. So I think what Stato is saying here is he can start with the 3-5-2. With money in the bank, he can then either solidify the, the midfield with a different midfielder pick and stay in the 3-5-2, or he's got that $3 million in the bank to upgrade his non-playing forward and move to a 3-4-3. Three, three. So I got to uh, think more lead. about this. I don't uh-huh. I don't have uh-huh. like a like I'm in my gut something feels wrong about this strategy, but it doesn't I know I guess the I guess the thesis here is that we are pretty sure that one mid price midfielder will just be a must have. We're not sure who. So I want to mm-hmm. save some money to jump on that player. But um are we? Are you going to be sure game week one? Like I, so I'm not a little questionable on the thesis of the play, but I will, I'm actually going to disagree with you on one of your earlier statements, Brian. I'm going to push back yeah. 
on your Please. statement that uh, it should be a debate, Dave. That it's an embrace debate is what many many <laughs> people say in broadcasting. Um, is it three five two or even um, like four five one? You said you know it 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 does take up a valuable slot of holding that four point five yeah. for a non playing player, typically a forward. Actually, I would disagree. At the beginning of the season, I think it's actually in some ways safer because you have optionality in game week two because you're two moves away from pretty much any player in the game um, mm-hmm. by by having that money you know stacked up into a big midfield. Big midfield, you're not spread around, I should say. So instead of having just the money sprinkled all over, you have a, almost all cheapies on your bench. And within just one hit, if you find someone yeah. like, I totally screwed up, I should have had this person take one hit game week two and get them in pretty much in yeah. any any hit move. So I think if you're and just think about that as spending four points because you did an oopsie, I think that's pretty mm-hmm. safe versus leaving three million off of your team game week one, which would equate to, I don't know, maybe a couple tenths of a point. <laughs> but but anyway, I mean, uh-huh. you're still leaving money on the table there and missing yeah. out on that potential value game week one. So I so I actually kind of do like sometimes a three, five, two or even the one at the top is interesting. Will be interesting to play with as the weeks go on, because I think it does allow you uh, some optionality in game weeks two and three to change positions with only a couple moves. So I think it, there's two two ways you can look at that. Um, I don't think either are incorrect, though. Um, yeah. Because try to shoot 3-4-3. Three, three. In the end of the year, where do we all play in? Like 3-4-3 three, because three, it's the, we you are, know, but so we'll and see. And there is the wild card, ultimately, that will help us totally remake our, our formation, if that is a huge concern. And I guess for, for the, the more rookie fantasy managers listening out there, the big discussion with formation really comes down to, do you want to put more faith in midfield players or in forward players. At the advantage of with playing five across the midfield, you're getting more points for goals, you're getting optional clean sheet points from those mids, and there might be more routes to attacking points through a midfielder who has great assist potential as well as goal scoring, or they're a set piece taker, where then there are forwards, as I was mentioning, who are just farther up the pitch, but they tend to be, particularly the lower you get down the the form table uh harder to rely upon exactly it's uh, more un- it's more variance but the right. extremely good value obviously when you hit on a cheap forward who might be on pens or it's just you know doing a lot of other, you know assisting just ticking over great value but but is more risky and i think like overall like and if you're new i feel like it's there's players that are kind of like computer plays i'll say like like big at the back always looks good on a computer algorithm or more midfielders, like you said, because they have more ways to score points to get more points for goals. So like if you put it into an optimizer computer, you're like, oh, like, you know, defenders are better, better value points per dollar. Midfielders are better value points per dollar. It's like, so, so therefore I should invest more in those positions. But I don't know. In reality, it we always <laughs> we always end up having to, to to hitch our wagon to some cheap forwards. Right. So, yeah, we'll for see sure. how it goes. We'll see how it goes when we for tinker. Sure. All right. Mike, Mike Thunder's got a question that, that kind of bridges question three to question four. And question four gets us into some team-specific talk. Uh, Mike Thunder says, 3-5-2 with $1.5 million in the bank is my current favorite, as I love all the midfield options. Uh, he's going without Trent and Salah. 
uh, Mike is. Uh, that's his big call at the moment. But he loves having an extra city attacker, and there are so many good 5 to 5.5 million defenders as well. Game week two, going without uh, Liverpool with Trent and Sala, Mike says he's going to be hiding behind the sofa. Uh, which gets us to Man City, treble winners. Uh, these, the, they are just kind of a question unto themselves. Question number four really is, which teams do we like uh, this far out from the start of the season? Jimmy asks, Man City assets, Holland is a no-brainer. Foden is getting attention. So there's the great Foden versus Grealish debate. Uh, who else should we be uh, getting, Jimmy wants to know. Gundo's gone, Mares perhaps on his way out. Are Alvarez or Bernardo legit options alongside Grealish? So, I mean, how did you play Man City last season, Dave? Did you have any luck with players outside of outside of Holland? Honestly, not really, to my memory. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I played a while. And, no, I don't think so. I can't I, remember. I've been a in moment. the past past couple of years. I've been, I've been a Foden guy. So the the mm-hmm. the Foden. The, the you know the Foden hype here. I didn't I didn't know there was a bandwagon. Uh, this is breaking news. Always there cheating. There's a there's a Foden bandwagon, <laughs> and I'm usually first on that bandwagon. So man, uh, don't don't tempt me, Jimmy and FPL guy. Jeez, I, I might have to. But it is crazy. I mean the like you know Holland is 85 percent owned, Stones 20 percent, and then everyone else is like in the 10 lower. It's yeah. It's it's going to be a tough one. We'll hopefully we'll get more information on you know the Pep Roulette. Foden's always yeah. as exciting yet you know obviously uh, annoying player to own for a number of those reasons and minutes and variances is, is tough. But I mean City defender, it just by the numbers like it feels like we all should have one, but you don't see a lot of teams with one, so it's it's hard to squeeze in. Um, they were yeah. they were so unforgiving the Man City defenders last season. Ederson among them. They yeah. dominated team after team, but could not manage to keep the clean sheets. So I, in my tinkers, it's just been John Stones and Holland. Those have been the only City players that I've come close to. I think Ruben Diaz kind of becomes a Ederson type figure, where uh, Ruben Diaz. Uh, became a ever-present starter for City in the second half of the season, but you're not going to get anything out of the attack. I feel like my approach with City has become to only get players that you can maximize. There will be you know weeks where you, you we're all dead certain, ha ha ha, that Riyad Mahrez is going to play, and if you're right, then there is some upside there. Uh, it, it, it's they're just so tough because. They spread, they attack so well, they're able to spread those attacking points all around. So I, I'm not terribly bothered apart from Holland, which, which does make me, again, really intrigued by Liverpool because I think that they're going to be scoring as a team more fantasy points and Trent getting his mojo back at the end of last season. And he's looking, what did I say, Dave? How shredded does Trent look this summer? Very, very shredded. Um, but we haven't really talked much about Arsenal and our expectations. You know, they they clinched the Declan Rice move. Uh, Saka scored, you know, up, upon viewing the highlights, Dave. It was a fairly uh, easy goal. I mean, Saka had to create the goal. He cut into his left and hit it across the keeper. Easy goal. 
Um, what do you think? Are Osaka the player you want from Arsenal? Do you think they're going to be doing another title charge this season? Yeah, I, I think they're going to be great. I like the fact that there's a lot of consistency over here, but obviously they're adding Declan Rice for too much money. Um, no, but I, I kid because it's I, you game. know, I, I'm a, obviously, you know, we have the Arsenal fans in our, in our friend group, but uh, I think they're going to be great. I love that. They're, I think they'll probably hit the ground running. You know, they know who they are. They have an identity. Um, so yeah, I think Saka is, um, one of the first names on the team sheet for me. I think it's yeah. just how you want to triple up. I, again, let's say, let's say it triple up. I mean, yeah. one defender Saka, and then do you trust, um gabriel jesus um we all we all don't but that you know the, you would think he you would think he'd come good uh, or go for the second mid i think is more more my head is that i don't see yeah. myself getting away from that by game week one just with that opening fixture with forest at home i just it's going to be hard not to have triple up um i yeah. think so I'm interested to see uh, the great thing about Arsenal from an FPL viewpoint last season was Arteta really had to settle on his strongest 11. And because they weren't, uh, as they were playing in the Europa League for a while, I'm a little fuzzy there, but it, it, it just, Arteta was never compelled to play on as many fronts at any given moment as a lot of other teams challenging for the top four, which meant he didn't have to rotate as much. That's not a dig at Arsenal at all. Uh, my point is uh, Arteta has brought in a, a lot of great options for rotation for this season. You know, we mentioned Timber coming in to rotate into the defense. Kai Havertz coming in to essentially replace Xhaka, but there are, you know, uh, Havertz could play in various places on the pitch as as needs arise, and then Declan Rice too. So I wonder if there's going to be a little more anxiety around Arsenal this season as compared to last with like, oh man, is Saliba going to play this week? I don't know. Does he, is he do a rest? Um, I mean, that, that stuff can often be overstated. I guess that's like a preseason lesson to everybody is, is don't get too tied up in template talk and don't get too tied up in uh, the will they, won't they play talk because your your patience will often be rewarded there um so i mean chelsea spurs uh and who else who else would be we would we be thinking in that top four conversation newcastle newcastle i feel like right now just based on what we saw of them last season and based on all of the demands we have on our fantasy teams from other teams' attack, it's really down to defenders for Newcastle, it feels like right now, right? Yeah, I, I, Newcastle are, are an interesting one. I mean, I think, um, you know, I think I'm going to start with probably Botman, um, probably steer clear of the rest for now. The other top four, well, Spurs have an have a outside chance at top four, but I don't think it's very realistic this year. But unless a lot of things go right, um, is United are actually favorite to be top right. four. United, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just pissed those, a but, lot of people off in my yeah. off the cuff rundown of teams. No, it was very good off the top th of the head. Thanks but, for saying. Because well, especially you have to, you have to, you know, we we all have to remember that Chelsea are going to 
do something this year, um, play football maybe. and maybe, maybe win some games. We don't know. So uh, they will show so. up for the games. That's a fact that we know <laughs> is going to happen. <laughs> uh, so they're a complete black box to me um, right now, to be honest. So I got yeah. step on right. the Chelsea he, research. Yeah, you mentioned FPL guy there a second ago. He says Foden is my one player under 10% ownership, although technically his ownership is at 11% at the moment. Um, uh, and then I, the, Grealish, I just feel like Grealish won the hearts and minds last season. I, I think Foden's still going to struggle a little bit. Though I, I'm not sure if Foden's path into the city lineup now is through the left wing where Grealish plays. Because when Kevin De Bruyne went off in the Champions League final with his broken hamstring, torn hamstring, Foden came in and played more through the middle alongside Grealish, and he did well. I mean, they, they won the bloody Champions League. I wonder if Foden gets more of an opportunity as De Bruyne's wheels start to fall off playing through the middle, which could be actually actually interesting. Now, Alvarez was... Is was played in this role occasionally as well. Uh, so well, K- uh, another KDB, way to see. KDB, no one's talking about KDB. Mm-hmm. Guess who's odds favorite to lead the league in assists this year? Another, another. <laughs> okay. you know? Yeah, speaking of chalk, uh, who put those odds together? Like man, man who gets most assists last season predicted to get most assists this season. Thanks a lot. Well, Thanks yeah, I'm giving you the information. Who's yeah, talking about KDB though, huh? He's, he's a differential. I love him. I love my baby blue. He's uh, evil flags. You know, no one's gonna no one's gonna click on that. <laughs> he he could be the, the secret secret triple captain. I kid. I don't know. I've all been waiting for. Yeah, I don't think so. All right, two two more questions here, Dave. A uh, quick one on goalkeeper and defender strategy, and then we'll wrap it up with some fixture talk. So, question five: goalkeeper and defender strategy. Stephen Curtis says, interested in your thoughts on goalkeepers. Pickford was not good in fantasy last year. Uh, but under Dyche at Everton for a full season and a mouthwatering price of 4.5. And now that we know Ashley Young is, is going to be playing for the Toffees, it, it further increases the, the stock of, of Jordan Pickford. Who would be first in your team sheet for goalkeeper, Dave? Uh, right now I just have a space for to-be-determined Brighton goalkeeper. Um, mm-hmm. but I think, I mean, my, I think the past couple of years, it's been, it's, a, it's, 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 it is goalkeeper roulette. It's pick, pick the cheapy and roll with it and hope you get some, um, you know, some lucky points out of the deal. Uh, I know, yeah. I know you're a premium goalkeeper guy, Brandon. So I, you know, this is more for me, but, uh, no, I don't, I don't yeah. have, you know, obviously don't have a strong lean yet. You know, Pickford is a gross one to click on, obviously, <laughs> but, uh, He's yeah, I think I might just mm-hmm. pick cheapy du jour um and you know probably on the four yeah. probably among the 4.5 is probably how a world this year yeah i've been looking at sam johnstone and by the way on that on that dig you got in there dave about me loving premium goalkeepers i do think ederson broke me last season i do think i will never have an, a goalkeeper us uh, <laughs> yeah all of us yeah uh, I don't think I can go above, above 5.0. Now, if Onana for Manchester United comes in at 5.0, I'm listening. I'm listening. Ramsdale at 5.0, I don't know, maybe. That's a, I, I that, know. I think it's too much risk taking up a third attack. Or, yeah, or I should say, that's a, right. a, 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 I think because you'll, you'll have a different. I think Gabriel right. is up there. So, yeah, that's the problem mm-hmm. with Ramsdale. Um, but yeah, but, uh, per dollar, but he's the, great, the, probably. 
the fixtures for Palace are are interesting. Uh, starting away, Sheffield United, Arsenal at home, not great. London derby though. Brentford, Wolves, Villa, Fulham, and then they've got uh, Forest at home in game week eight. I don't know. I believe in Roy Hodgson to a degree as much as I believe in uh, our elders, Dave. I respect them. Uh, but if you're just looking at 4.5 guys, uh, Sam Johnstone, Pickford, it's, uh, this is another one where there are a handful of good options. Very interested to see who gets the preseason minutes to give us some indication of starter. And um, we wait to see what happens game week one. Then we get a real kind of clue as to how tight certain teams are going to be. Uh, Taylor Ferguson asks, rank the five to six million defenders to start with. You got Ake, Stones, Gabriel, Estupanan, James, Chilwell. Taylor currently on Stones, Gabriel, Estupanan, Botman, and Bell. Bell uh, among the three noted 4.0 defenders coming up from the championship. So a few names stick out to me that we haven't touched upon yet, Dave. Estupanan at Brighton, who's... Just an incredible attacking fullback for Brighton. And then we have the the two dudes from Chelsea, uh, Reese James and Ben Chilwell. If we do expect Chelsea to do anything, James and Chilwell have to be in our thoughts. So what is it going to take for you? Now, you mentioned that Chelsea don't have the best. They have Liverpool in game week one. And buying a, a, a fullback who has Liverpool in game week one at $5.5 million? I don't know. How rash does that feel? Well, you can. I think there's some ways already people are thinking of playing Botman week one and rotation. But this is a bit where it's a little too early because we don't know if there's a 4.0 starter or, you know, that we're going to trust quite yet. I think that jury's still out. And... I, you know, it's a little bit early on some of these folks, but as Stupinon's like mega chalk right now, I think that one's pretty well a no-brainer. And then Chelsea is, you know, another wait and see with how is the system going to affect affect the James of the world. So um, I yeah. don't obviously don't have a rank quite yet. I like the again, I like having the city option in there. I think we should still have that option in our uh, in our template spreadsheet if you will a Chalk. good thing you know yeah yeah our 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 our, our template meeting our, our a whole spreadsheet of ideas i think we should keep city warm defender <laughs> just in case um yeah. i think it could be interesting but yeah in the mix of how we go how cheap we need to go based on the forward options um yeah i think it's yeah. a wait and see on these guys for me um and what what Shit. bell is and the cheapo de jours and all that yeah I mean, as far as the 4.0 defenders go, I would lean more towards Jordan Bayer. Now, all these championship teams, the none of them, I don't think, are rehiring managers this season. I mean, notably, Burnley coming up with Vincent Company as their manager. I see no world in which Burnley changes up their... I mean, maybe they tweak their tactics a bit coming into a new division, but I don't think they change their formation or or their style of, of play too dramatically. They're, and one would think just the, the way Burnley played in the championship last season and the confidence they will have under Vincent Company, I just feel like backing them over the likes of Luton and Sheffield United. So Jordan Beyer, 4.0, uh, is my current fave at the 4.0 price bracket. All right, Dave, last question. Uh, uh, as we look ahead a month out, keys to fixture 
planning. What are the keys to fixture planning in the preseason? And what we mean here is uh, exactly what King Koopa asked. How many game weeks do you consider when looking at fixtures for your game week squad, game week one squad? Does knowing you have an early wild card in your pocket mean you can focus just on, say, the first three to four weeks of fixtures? Or, Dave, are you looking beyond four weeks? Are you looking like eight weeks and trying to game out? All right, Chelsea have a rough start, but then things get better in game week six. Therefore, I'm still comfortable bringing players in my game week one draft. Or is your preferred strategy, I'm just trying to do a strategic strike at the start of the season maybe early early wild card or take a few points hits if i've gotten anything wrong but focus like really on the first one two three game weeks i would say the latter and that might sound sort of aggressive because i'm more of like a conservative player possibly you could say but i think for attacking players we really should focus on the first three to four because you really have to you know fixtures um, you know, they define form. And if you get the form players in, you're going to get the points and they're going to price rise. So I think it's very important in your attacking midfielders forwards. I would I like to look at the first three, four, get a good start under your belt um, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then also you get more knowledge if if they have good fixtures and they still stink, then then re- then you really know you should sell them. So yeah. that makes that makes pulling the trigger on a sell or a hit early if if you need be easier to make, even though it might not be ideal, but you can course correct quickly. So I like that. And then for defenders, I don't know, Brandon, what do you like? I don't think necessarily like they have to have like the perfect rotation, quote unquote rotation for like, mm-hmm. you know, green fixtures every week. But I mean defenders, you're not gonna change them. So really eight to ten weeks if you if you can, just to make sure that it's not some like multiple disaster weeks of bad rotation but i don't know is that yeah. too long or i think that's fair right you're not gonna change no defenders. I, yeah i agree with you because the point ceiling is going to be relatively low on your defenders compared to midfielders and uh forwards and and attacking output in fantasy is often look at miguel amoron last season it's often based on form and you have to jump on these players the earlier the better so if you're holding your transfers for i'm going to try to get hot players who are midfielders and forwards and just you know the die has been cast with your defenders and and goalkeeper because even if you've got a bum defender who's um you know it, it they're they're maybe they're just missing out on a clean sheet, so they're getting two points instead of six points versus a midfielder who ends up on a ten point week plus bonus perhaps and i and I need them to capitalize on form so the more you can kind of commit to your defender's long term and focus just on chasing form and ch- uh with with your attacking players, I'm fully in support of that uh so the fixtures themselves. Arsenal really do have an incredible start to the season. They have Nottingham Forest at the Emirates in game week one as they begin uh, a brand new season, renewed, followed by Palace, then Fulham. Then they host Manchester United at the Emirates in game week four. Everton, North London Derby at the Emirates in game week six, followed by Bournemouth. And then they hit City in game week eight. There are, so there are a couple of banana peels there, but overall, Arsenal have one of the strongest opening fixtures. I mean, any teams that jumped out at you, Dave, as you looked at the fixtures where you're like, whoa, 
maybe I'll take a chance on this team just based on that. I mean, Brighton also kind of stick out to me where they host Luton in game week one and followed by Wolves and then West Ham. Yeah, Brighton's one where I'm kind of like trying to forget them a little bit in drafts to go after some of these Mm -hmm. top four, top six teams. But not that, you know, Brighton might have a shot top six, but um, I don't look the odds. But yeah, that's one that sort of sneaks up on you because then you see a draft or, you know, people talking about the the Brighton players we know and love and they have Luna. You're like, oh, shoot, that is a. That is a good one. So I, th- I think that's mm-hmm. you identified the one that's maybe I've been missing. Um, but none of the other. I mean, it's pretty. Well, that's another reason why we have a lot of teams diverging towards the same chalky players is because the top teams and the schedule have kind of aligned to yeah. to sort of <laughs> to offer that. You know, the, the galaxy brain thinking of like benching Chelsea players till week three or whatever. But um, I don't think yeah. that's something I would do so. So no, I mean yeah, I think cities, I think it's it's their force for the taking um, with some of these. City's fixtures are bonkers. Burnley in uh, game week one, Newcastle at the uh, Etihad, then Sheffield United, Fulham, West Ham, Forest, and Wolves. I mean there uh, there are a lot of goals. Yeah, I mean they're going to crush, and they're going <laughs> to. It's crazy. And like, yeah, well, yeah, Foden, Foden back on the menu. <laughs> it's like, you, oh, man, <laughs> we thought we got away with it, but now we're we back. We did it. Oh, all gosh. right, all right. Let's let's actually get away with it here, Dave, and close out the show. Those are your six unanswered questions a month out from the start of the FPL season. Um, all right, uh, before we get out of here, just a, an, another quick uh, plug for the Patreon. If you like what you hear, you want to support us, you want to get at more FPL content in return, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Also for 50% off that fantasy football hub membership, go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always. Again, that's 50% off at any tier. Uh, super stoked to be partnering with hub in this season. And uh, let's shout out our producers. Dave, I love to hear you read your own name. So why don't you give a run through of the producers today? Yeah, sure. It's Mike DiPietro, Trevor, T-Bone, Ingerson, our buddy Chris Howell, Babas Kuhn, possibly Kuhn Aguero, relation, we don't know. James Holland, Holland Tunnel is what I call James Holland Tunnel. <laughs> Nick Wright, he's, Are he's you the doing right Tim choice. Heidecker's stand-up character, like calling all cars. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking, actually. Nice. I love it. <laughs> Lazarus Yenos. I mean, that speaks like, for itself, I guess. Jesse, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Blair Jakobsen, Todd Burley. Not Todd, not not the Chelsea owner. No, it's Todd Burley. Andy Portlock. He's not coming to potluck empty-handed, Andy Portlock. FPL merch, <laughs> Carrie Swanson. She's she's eating Carrie, man or woman, eat Swanson dinners. They like Swanson dinners at home. <laughs> That's a thing. Well, they're yep. finding the FPL. <laughs> Jefferson Turner, he's he's in overdrive with this this line, Ryan Ring. Buffalo Wild Wings, Francis Moore, Sam Shower. He showers kind of like a schnauzer. That's a good dog mm-hmm. for Sam. Kel, uh, Caleb Robbie, Velger Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keeley, The Saint. Great movie. Fantastic movie. I'm glad the movie is, spo- <laughs> is sponsoring the podcast. Bob Fox, he's he's crazy. He's crazy. Crazy, crazy like Bob. Bob the Fox. Craig Jackson. Uh-huh. Shailen F. Um, Kandakia. Terrence O'Donnell. Paul Paul Herzig. Uh, it's kind of, kind of like that famous director, but but no, it's Paul Herzig, but spelled differently. Heather Cram. Mm-hmm. Thomas Tislov. Noah and Louise. 
uh, Travis Travis Grant. I'll I'll grant you grant you. That's a great choice to sponsor the <laughs> podcast, Travis. Uh, and Julio Pena, like uh, like the Boston uh, Red Sox form, former catcher uh, uh, Pena, mm-hmm. famous famous catcher for the Red Sox, uh, family member, uh, uh, cousin possibly for supporting the podcast. Thank you all. Um, hope to meet you this year in a, as a, in a viewing in New York. Um, and thanks for supporting um, these guys. Great podcasts. I wish I could bottle that and sell it, Dave. Fantastic job. And uh, if Patreon is not your thing, you can do for free. Just give us a, a five-star rating and review wherever podcasts are found. Subscribe, and you'll never miss an episode. Dave, thanks again for joining us. Good luck with all of your preseason tinkering and planning. Josh and I will be back next week with some more team and player-focused uh, preseason content for you. We'll talk to you then. Bye. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com